Hello, Hoopjack fans, and welcome to another edition of the Hoopjack Podcast Series. I am your host, Christopher Armstead, and Jake is not here today. He's ditched me for a little computer project that he's working on. Mainly, he's told me that he's building a C- uh, his PC. He got a PC in the mail, which I'm not really surprised when he has all that money. Um, but never fear, we have two of my best friends who have been on the show multiple times. I love their expertise. I love what they bring to the table. Welcome back, Connor Summers and Alec Moran. Good to have you guys back on the show. Thank you, Ty. Excited to be here as always. Yep. Yeah, Chris, appreciate it, man. Always glad to come over and uh, talk hoops. It's good to hear, guys. Y'all have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, I'd say it was just about as good as any Thanksgiving can be. Always a always a treat to get together with family and enjoy some food and football. Alec, what about you? Uh, I'm really in the same boat as Connor, man. Um, yeah, great food. You know, it's always nice to spend time with family, and uh, you know, watching the Cowboys lose is never bad either. <laughs> always glad to hear you guys are doing okay. Glad to hear you guys had a great Thanksgiving. So we're gonna get right into it with the NBA and the new power rankings came out and. Not to my surprise, but a little bit interesting that the top five, uh, we have Golden State and Phoenix sitting on top, both with interesting, you know, runs throughout the season. And is Steph Curry right now the MVP favorite? Uh, I can can kick it off. I definitely would have to, to back that just based off his level of play and the team's overall record. It takes a guy who's not only performing at the highest level, but also leading his team to to a lot of wins. And he's doing both of those right now. I watched him the other night just absolutely light it up. Uh, in closing time especially, he's just making, making huge plays and just really dominating. Uh, he did that against the Clippers. They won handily by, I think, you know, 15 points. I don't know. He's just done everything you could could want, could ask for as a as a fan. And, and also, if you're a fan of the Warriors, he's just been the guy. So, I don't think anybody can stop him right now. And, yes, clear favorite for me. So, Alec, what about you? Do you think he's pretty much out on, out on, the, out on the run and no one can catch up to him? Well, I mean, just looking at stats and, you know, the Warriors record right now, Steph is clearly number one uh, for MVV right now. I mean, he's averaging 28 points. He's be- He's been as efficient as he's ever been, like even in some of his MVP seasons. So, you know, I, I really can't say that anyone's ahead of him right now. Um, I think there's a few that could catch up to him, though, you know, being only, well, we're not even halfway through. We're like, what, a quarter of the way through at this point, a third of the way through. Yeah, we're about 20 games in, roughly. Warriors on a, a huge win streak. I think if they hadn't lost that one game in the middle of it, they'd be like on a 16-17 gamer. Um, obviously, the what the Phoenix Suns are, are on a 16-game win streak, I believe. Yeah, um, they've been on a tear right now so far. Phoenix showing that they want to return to the finals. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, those two teams have been really impressive so far in the regular season. So I think it's obvious that those are the two best teams in the league right now. Um yeah, and I think Steph again. He's he's the best player in the league right now, no doubt. Hard to argue. And, behind, no and yeah, and in behind them uh, at the three through five spot, you have all East teams. You have Brooklyn, 
Miami and making its way up is Milwaukee. And Milwaukee struggled, but it's good to see that they're, they've cracked the top five. Um, are any of those teams you feel that the heat, the run is going to eventually wind up slowing down for one of these teams? Um, for me, Chris, I, I think all these teams are actually pretty elite. If anyone were to slow down out of those three, I, um, I would probably say the heat. Um, but like I said, I don't think any of them will. Uh, I will say the Bucks just got, you know, always, uh, they got Boogie Cousins, uh, off the, off the, uh, the trade block so I think that's always a, a good guy good guy to have potential potential score uh, rebounding threat but all the teams are clicking right now and just I think they're head and shoulders above the rest of the east so we'll, we'll see how that plays out though Alec do you see one of the the rest of the top five kind of slowing down anytime soon Chris, uh, where were the Wizards at in the power rankings? I know they're 13 and 7 right now, the same as the Heat. I just they were. I actually have that. They were top 10. I think they're sure. number 8. Number 8. Wizards were number. They were number 6. Number six. I figured they were probably right around the top 5 looking at records. And that's one team. I know they weren't in your top 5, but that's really a team with a good record right now that. Mm. I don't think will last for a whole lot longer. Um, I mean, I think they maybe are contending for a playoff spot um, at the bottom of the East, especially now that there's 10. But just looking at that roster and what they've been over the last couple seasons, I, I kind of don't expect them to be a top four team in the East. Okay, so it'll be interesting to see um, what goes on throughout the rest of the year. And I know that, you know, me being a Lakers fan, it's tough to it's tough to root against the Lakers, but right now with them sitting at 11-11, not very strong, you know, so far. Are the Lakers, you know, moving more towards a play-in tournament or even a no-show for this year? Alec, we'll start with you. Are the Lakers turning into a no-show? Uh, I definitely don't think there'll be a no-show because I'm assuming that you mean that they won't make the playoffs at all. And uh, they're definitely going to make the top 10 in the, in the West, no doubt. I mean, even now at 11-11, obviously they haven't played their best basketball. I don't think anyone would argue with that. But even at 11-11, they're the sixth seed. And I don't think the Lakers have any problems at all uh, coming into the playoffs as a sixth seed if that's how it ended up panning out. Um, you know, seeding is just isn't really that important, um, you know, for that for the West, in my opinion. Right, and I get what you mean by that. Um, Connor, do you feel like the Lakers need a good, you know, kick to kind of get them going? Because they're, like you like, and me and Jake have always said this, they look great on paper, but when you watch them play, it's not, it doesn't look good. Yeah, it can look like a disaster at times, I agree. I I did watch the little Los Angeles Lakers the other night against the Pistons when they 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 got up they played played well ended up winning you know they were in control of the game but you know didn't play as well in the fourth quarter but you saw just a, a good game out of AD and LeBron and Russell you saw all of them actually pour in about 25 plus I think and whenever you have three guys that can just score and and also play defense 
make you know make plays on both ends, then you're gonna have a playoff team for sure. And they got other pieces just right now. I don't think those guys are playing within the team as well as they can or as well as they should. Like Carmelo shooting an over the other night. And then guys like Malik Monk, I think, is an underrated player. Same with same with Horton Tucker, who showed some good signs last year of his ability. So definitely I agree with Alec. It's a playoff team. Just right now they they're struggling to play team basketball and struggling to click uh, throughout their entire lineup, but I think that will continue to get better and should continue to get better as the year goes on. I like to hear that. You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward from this considering being at, you know, 500. It's not where the Lakers want to be at, but it's, you know, kind of the, the level that they're playing is not what they need to, but I think with seasoned veterans that they have, they don't need to kind of go all out throughout the year. I feel like, and Alec made a good point. They'll make the playoffs, and like he said, seeding doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, they can go 100, 110% when it's playoff time. For sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, looking into some interesting games this week, one interesting game that I do see tonight a good Eastern Eastern Conference matchup, even some brother rivalry. Rivalry. We have the Hornets heading to Chicago to play the Bulls, a good ball matchup. So with the ball uh, is, with both teams looking really strong, both the Hornets and the Bulls, a lot of improvements in the offseason for the Bulls and LaMelo just looking even stronger this year. Who do you see them as one of the top, you know, teams in the East? Not saying that the the Nets and the Bucks aren't going to be top teams, but are these teams going to look even stronger come near the end of the playoffs? And will we see a good run with either team? Uh, if you want me to start off, I'll go ahead. Um, I don't. Are you so you're asking if you think the Hornets or the Bulls, either one, can contend in the East? Is that right? The that was the question. Will one contend? I'm not saying they'll win, they're a championship team. I'm saying will one contend to, you know, to a good run? Uh, I'm going to say probably not. I just don't see either of these teams being ready yet in a seven-game series to really contend with either the Greek Freak or Kevin Durant in the playoffs. I mean, neither team has a bona fide superstar yet. I know LaMelo Ball is pretty quickly uh, on the cusp of that. You know, he's what he's averaging like almost 20 a game at this point. Uh, I think eight rebounds, eight assists. So, I mean, he's he's nearly a walking triple-double. But I just don't see the Hornets or Bulls having the depth, you know, because this is still the beginning of the season. You know, let's see how we feel about the Hornets and the Bulls, you know, post-All-Star break or, you know, going into the playoffs before they're ready to contend with the big boys in the East. Right. Connor, what do you think? Um, I'd have to more or less agree with that. Uh both these teams to me are like the second group, second tier contenders behind the uh, behind the big dogs that were previously mentioned. Um, for for the Bulls, I think they're I think they're closer. I don't know. I I really like how they're playing, and I've always liked Zach Levine. And now that he's got Lonzo, who who's got incredible vision and can really run the show. I think that takes pressure off Levine 
and he can play within himself more and not feel like he's got to huck, you know, 30 shots. And, and they can move the ball really well. And then on the other hand, like you said, LaMelo's a superstar. And uh, that guy, Terry Rozier, he's a, he's a bad man as well. So both those teams are pretty young and, and also inexperienced uh, because of that. So it's just going to come down to obviously getting to that game against like a, a KD or a Giannis. And, and you have to go through it. It takes everybody has to gain that experience at the top level. It's it's not any kind of magic where you get there and you and you and you win easily. So I I think they'll they'll make some runs, but they'll get knocked down eventually by the by the big dogs. Um, but it'll be good to see. It'll be good to see what they can do and how they can compete against those teams. And it will be just looking ahead. Um some interesting games as well throughout the rest of the week um Knicks Nets uh tomorrow night on 7 30 as well as even the Warriors Suns tomorrow night um interesting both you know Warriors Suns matchup and they give Phoenix two and a half do you guys feel Phoenix could come out on top on that one keep the streak going or will the Warriors put an end to it and get their 19th victory of the year victory of the season so far they're spotting the, the sun's two and a half points or what yeah phoenix is uh down so they're giving the warriors plus two and a half mm. that's probably fair it's in phoenix right yeah in phoenix the suns are on a longer win streak that's probably fair uh i'm gonna predict that they keep the streak rolling okay I think it'll be close. I think that game could really, if it does go to overtime, I wouldn't be surprised, but it's going to be close. I'd give Phoenix the narrow victory on that one. Uh, Connor, what do you think? Yeah, that, that's uh, definitely going to be a fun one over on TNT, the nightcap game. I'm actually going to take take the underdogs and go with the Warriors in this okay. one. Uh, I don't know. that they, They're just... Uh, and both teams are exciting, but I'm going to go with the underdogs. Okay. I like that. I like the optimism there. So, shifting gears real quick, going from the NBA to college hoops. Um, big, uh, with the rankings coming out in the AP Top 25, Gonzaga no longer the number one team in the country. Uh, majority of it is now Duke sitting at 7-0 and with Purdue. And Gonzaga down at three, Baylor at four, and UCLA at five. Kansas dropped from three to eight from their loss to Dayton. So that's what they took a big tumble right there. Um, but what do you guys see with college hoops so far and what we could expect to see in the future in the world of college hoops for this season? Uh, Connor, we'll start with you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll start with the Duke and Zaga game since that was obviously the highlight of the weekend as far as college basketball goes. What a game that was. I tuned in more or less to the, to the whole game out in Vegas. Uh, Paolo Banchero, like I said, on, on the last time I was here, he's just unstoppable. He was in the first half. They slowed him down. He kind of got off track in the second, but Overall, 
what the difference was is that that Williams kid, Mark Williams, was able to really keep Drew Timmy in check. You know, as well as Timmy getting 17, you know, usually he's getting, you know, 25 and, and 10 on you. And and it also their guy, Chet Holmgren, that the one of the top recruits, I think the top recruit, um, they held him to 16. So those are the, the Gonzaga's two, two big dogs. So I was very impressed with their defense and their guards really shot the ball super poorly. And to still win with, you know, that kind of shooting, it just shows you the, the what the the Duke Blue Devils are capable of as a basketball team this year. So, but moving on from a great feast week, which is one of my favorite weeks of the year, it's uh, I think it's Challenge Week now. You got the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which is a, a really fun one. Uh, one to highlight my Irish tonight taking on the Fighting Illini because. One, that Illinois team, I don't know if you remember last year, they were heavy favorites to win the championship, and they just severely disappointed against Loyola in the Sweet 16, I believe. So they're off to a 4-2 start, um, I think identical to, to Notre Dame. And so I'm excited for that game. If, if you're following as a fan, I think Illinois has their starting point guard out to, to a concussion. So I think the Irish have a, have a have a slim chance in that one on the road in Champaign. So yeah, I, overall I'm just super uh, super optimistic about this season uh, because I think there's a lot of talent at the top, and even with that Kansas loss, it was a abysmal loss to Dayton. But like like you said, it's early and and just we're we're just kind of getting a taste of what it's going to be like so right it is early so we don't know what's going to happen um alec do you have any you know words of wisdom what you would like to see happen who you think would be you know the favorite that you would want to see win the national title this year well i mean i don't think anyone would be upset if gonzaga finally won one i think their coach deserves it um you know he's been close a few times uh, never gotten it done i don't believe um, I mean, they have a great team, too. They, they could have beat Duke. Um, that was a great game. It's probably two of the best teams in the country. Uh, I think those two teams are going to be, you know, right in the thick of it when it comes down uh, to the end here in March and April. Um, I really like the kid Chet uh, from Minnesota. He, uh, I guess he was formerly teammates with Jalen Suggs um, in high school, so I didn't know that. But, uh, the kids, yeah, I mean, he's like, what, 7'2"? Yeah. Um, Really good ball handler and shooter, which is kind of crazy for how big he is. He's obviously needs to put on a lot of weight, but yeah, he's a twig. He's a stick man, but uh, he's going to be a great player. And obviously, Timmy. I mean, Gonzaga is still loaded, and Duke. I think probably has more talent, but they're younger. Um, those two teams are both, uh, like I said, I think those are cream of the crop. But then you got, you know, you're obviously your defending champions, Baylor. I think are going to be poised to make a run again. They're super deep, uh, super big and long and fast, play great defense. Um, I have not watched Purdue yet. So if anyone, if you guys have watched Purdue, I see they're number two. I haven't got a chance to check them out yet. Yeah, to comment on that, Purdue's actually got a guy from where I went to school. His his mother is actually the coach of the Notre Dame women's team. So I'd actually seen him working out in the gym when he was a kid. He's a sophomore now at Purdue, and it's crazy because when he came out of high school, he wasn't that that highly rated, but now he's uh, supposed to be a top pick in the draft. 
projected to be. So uh, he's a he's a point guard slash shooting guard. And if you think about Purdue basketball, they always have those 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 trees down low, as, as Chris was saying last time. And if you add that, if you complement that with his play, I think they're a very dangerous team to to look out for in the future. So it is like you said, it is early. It'll we'll wait to see what happens. But I'm really excited to see because we could have seen you know see that Duke Gonzaga matchup later on eventually. So who knows what could happen? Um, well, we're gonna take a short break, guys. When we come back, we have our one-on-one Hooper profile with Bloomfield College men's basketball player Andre Fulgen Chio. So stay junior. So stay tuned. Welcome back, Hoop Jack fans. And today for our one-on-one Hooper profile is Bloomfield College men's basketball player Andre Fulgen Chio Jr. Andre, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. So uh, currently you're in the middle of the season. So how's everything everything been going so far as far as, you know, play-wise? And, you know, the I know the pandemic situation's been tough. So you want to talk about what's been going on as far as your team and your league, how that's been going? Uh, right now, you know, it's been it's been an interesting, interesting experiment with a bunch of new guys. Um, we have a lot of great talent. A lot of people who can run the floor. A lot of people who can put the ball in the basket. You know, what we're, you know, trying to build upon is more of the chemistry-wise. You know, there's some people who didn't play, who didn't get to play last year. And, you know, or some people who just came off injury who didn't play in two years, you know, and just getting that chemistry together is is something, you know, which we're trying to, you know, work work into into tune this season. Other than that, we'll be, other than that, we'll be fine. And that's good to hear. And then, um, so it sounds like everything's been going well for you so far. And you grew up playing basketball and kind of growing up in the area around, I think it's Teenacle or the Inglewood area of New Jersey. Right. Yeah. So did you grow up? Did you always grow up in Teenacle or did you eventually start in Teenacle and then move to Inglewood? No, nah, my original. Um, originally I am, I grew up in Bogota, New Jersey. Okay. And, and I moved to Englewood. So I just now got to Teaneck, but I'm originally from Bogota, New Jersey. I only lived in Bogota for about five years. Englewood, the same amount. I just got to Teaneck. So I'm originally from, as you can say, from two towns. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. You know, so, you know, every time the... <laughs> The announcer announces my game. Uh, I mean, announces where I'm from. You know, I got people at home always telling me, change T-neck, you're not from there, <laughs> you know. But originally from Bogota and Englewood, New Jersey, you know, those, I represent those two cities, you know. Um, Bogota, you know, was a great place starting, but Englewood really made me the, the player and the man I am today. You know, it's it much it's much more of a family love over there in Englewood. So, you know, I represent, I represent the city of Englewood. And was the basketball culture um, really good there as far as, you know, being able to play with some top-level players around that area as well? Yeah, the culture, yeah, the culture was big. Culture, you know, I got – I was able to be coached by, you know, uh, Leo. Leo Jones. Come out of Englewood. And as well, you know, to this day, a great trainer and coach, you know, he that man changed my life forever when he came in my sophomore year. And, you know, playing around guys like Drew Tyre, Owen Roberts, um, Maceo Robinson, and those, you know, they got me They got me better into a point where, you know, I'm here today. 
So it's good to hear that you had a good group of competition that uh, helped elevate your game as well. Right. So talk to me about your time at Dwight Morrow High School and the competition that you had to deal with uh, throughout your division. Well, I can say um, competition was really good. You know, going in, going um, from a small town to a much bigger town, seeing the, the level of competition was really just, you know, just new and, you know, um, and a lot harder. You know, we got to play teams more like St. Peter's. And it just, you know, I had to change my game to become a little bit faster, a little bit tougher. You know, with the Anglo culture, you know, it, it has a tough background. And, you know, fitting and trying to fit into that, you know, was not, wasn't a big, a big, change you know because Bogota was kind of pretty you know they had that similar similar pride similar you know toughness but not as not as much as Englewood as I should say and you know my time at the White Marl you know it was just more of changing you know changing to be more you know of a leader to become more of a leader and um you know just show that grit that we had in Englewood show that Englewood pride you know that that's what I had in transition to so you talk about Inglewood a lot, and I know that means, you know, as a family bond that you have. So tell me a little bit more about Inglewood and why it means a lot to you personally. Well, Inglewood means a lot to me because when I moved there, first things first, you know, they kind of woke me with open arms. And the reason by that is uh, freshman year of high school, you know, uh, my mom, she was diagnosed uh, with uh, stomach cancer and, you know, sadly passed away, and, you know, at the time I was down the most, you know, just the whole community, you know, they took me in and they just, they, they just took me in, you know, as one of their own. And I really appreciate the city of Inglewood, the school, you know, the family I have here, you know, it just, it just, you know, changed my life forever. It changed, it, they motivated me to keep going when I, when times were, when times were hard, you know, it just, they always came looking for me, taking care of me at school, taking care of me at home. It was just a, a family culture that I never, you know, have experienced in Bogota, you know, and I do love the, the city of Bogota, but um, I feel like Englewood, you know, just, just kind of overtopped it, you know, like it just, I never felt that much love just coming into the city that, that I probably could say I was there for, I could, I could say like I was there for only two days and they'll treat me like I'm there for, I was there since I was, I was three years old or something, you know, they just, they just took me in at, at the time I was down the most. And from there, you know, I've been a part of the Angle family and they always be in my heart. So uh, first thing, I'm sorry to hear about the passing of your mom. I know it can be hard to lose a loved one, especially at that age. And I know, and it's good to hear that, you know, there was a community behind you every step of the way and being a part of it, like a family. And I love to hear that. Um, so growing up in, uh, Inglewood, were you part of any of the big, um, AAU teams and circuits around that area in New Jersey? Um, I was part of one AAU team, uh, the 2484 Bulls, which was ran by, uh, coach Donald Osborne. And, you know, he was also one of my coach, uh, who's also my freshman coach in high school before, you know, he left and now is coaching at Brigham Community College. And, you know, it was, good. it was a great program. You know, I, I got to play with a really great team, really great elite team, you know, with uh, top-notch guys in Bergen County, you know, and it was a lot of fun, you know. And that's pretty much the, yeah, that's pretty much it, just playing with them. You know, I also got me better, you know, 
um, experiencing, you know, the, my first time in AU was really because of them, like going around. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a great experience to be a part of that, especially in the Englewood community. And that's good to hear that that experience was helping you kind of build around that team and be a motivation for um, what was up ahead, which was your what was the decision to go to commit to Bloomfield? Um, well, I just felt comfortable. I just felt comfortable there from the jump, you know, when I first went to visit. And honestly, you know, Coach Holmes is a really good coach. You know, his system, you know, it, it fits with me. And, you know, I feel like we got a good relationship. And, you know, just going to Bloomfield, I played I played at Bloomfield College, you know, I think for two or three years in the summer league of high school. And, you know, I, just, I was just already familiar with the place and already at home. And plus it's not too far from my actual home. And, you know, so it's, it's good here. It was, I just felt I just felt like it was the right choice. And so far, so well, I made the right decision. So tell me about uh, head coach Gerald Holmes and your relationship with him and how he's able to kind of help you athletically and academically, you know, through your time at Bloomfield? Uh, yeah, um, me and Coach, you know, we have a good relationship. And, you know, he motivates me to, you know, become – you know, mostly, mostly he helps motivate me to become more mentally strong. You know, that's, that's, he's big on that. And by being mentally strong, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just have to do with, uh, but also well, same with, with everything academic wise. And, you know, just, just doing, just, just the little things he, he, just the little things he, he points out to this, to, to, to maintain our discipline, you know. Cause he's big, he's big on that mental toughness, discipline. You know that that's what motivates me to become better on and off the court, especially in my in my academics. You know, I can't, if I'm being honest, in high school I wasn't that you know mentally tough in my academics, but you know, as it is now, you know, got to lock in, be disciplined on it. You know, I, I felt like I've done better with that. And, you know, do, thanks to his help, being, um, you know, giving us those lessons on being on mental toughness and resulting into into that discipline of my, of doing my work on and off the court you know that that that's how he helped me motivate that's how he motivated me to, and helped me on and off the court so andre uh throughout you know your college career you've been doing really well uh what would be some advice that you want to give to a high school hooper wanting to play at the college level uh my best advice to give him is you know be patient you know wait wait your turn and put in the work Putting the work behind closed doors, putting the work when the doors are open, you know, at the end of the day, the work will pay off. And but most important, most importantly, you know, tr trust, trust, trust yourself, trust God, be patient. Patience is key because without that patience, you would not, you wouldn't, you know, you would just overexert yourself. That's some great advice, man. And I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Thank you. I thank you. see on the schedule you guys play December 1st against Felician University, is that correct? Yes, sir. So, guys, make sure to go check him out. Make sure to check out uh, his Instagram uh, and, you know, his schedule. And, guys, look out. I'm expecting Bloomfield to do some big things this season. I wish you guys the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having All right. Me. We'll be right back with more Who Jack, guys, so stay tuned. And welcome back, guys. I really would like to thank Andre for taking the time to come on the show. And, guys, make sure to check out him and the rest of the Bloomfield College men's basketball program as they have Felician University coming up this week. So be on the lookout for him and that team. 
and we are deciding to kind of change our little Danos uh, set up a little bit differently. So we've done the Danos Lost and Found. We've done the Danos Deep Dives. So now we are going to do the Danos Would You Rather. So we have two kind of very close but identical, you know, situations that could would would you have rather been a part of this or would you have rather been a part of that in the basketball kind of world and this time uh guys would you rather have been a part of the 73 win warriors team or would you have rather been a part of the 72 win bulls team now it wouldn't have mattered if they had won the title or not but would you have which team would you have rather been a part of and why definitely the bulls uh I mean, uh, when you say it doesn't matter if they won the title, what do you mean? Like, like we know, we know, we know the Bulls won the title and the Warriors didn't, but cancel out, like, start from the regular season, from the first game to the last game of the regular season. Which team would you have been a part of? Yeah, okay, I was going to say, because one won the title and one didn't. One won the title and one didn't, so which team um, would you have been a part of? I definitely would rather be teammates with Michael Jordan, for sure, than anyone on the Warriors. I mean, I love me some Steph. But, uh, yeah, I, I got to go with Mike on this one. Connor, what about you? Um, yeah, I would want to give some parody, but having watched the, the last dance in full and also knowing the aura that is Michael Jordan, I definitely would have been on that Bulls team, even if I was riding the pine all 48 minutes or however long it was back then. But, yeah, just a, both, both teams super special, but – I don't know, that Bulls team, it's hard to pass out. It is because, you know, they were the first team to kind of eclipse, you know, they were the they were the record setters for the regular season. And mm-hmm. their slogan was, it don't mean a thing without a ring. Mm-hmm. So, and they ended up winning the title that year. You know, the 73-win Warriors, they had a great year, you know, but fell short, you know, losing to one of the greatest comebacks in NBA history which overshadowed the 73 win season mm-hmm. and a loss to the Cavaliers. And I know Alec, you would you were happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the few good moments in Cavs history. <laughs> one of the few good moments. Um, so we're right here at the end of the show where, uh, we would like to, you know, have our little mindful moment. Um, what we've been reflecting on, what's been going on with our lives. Uh, so, Alec, let's start with, let's go with you. Uh, what's been on your mind and what's been going through your life that, you know, has you feeling great, has you feeling good? My mindful moment is going to be West Virginia University Mountaineers football related. Uh, <laughs> with their huge, huge, shocking victory over the Kansas Jayhawks this weekend, they salvaged a two and four season and became bowl eligible at six and six. And they're probably going to play in the guaranteed rate bowl versus Air Force or someone like that. So if they can come back from two and four to make a ball game, then your problems aren't that bad. (laughs) Words of wisdom for the day. Very inspirational. (laughs) Um, Mine, I got to go with, you know, I saw this and I thought about it. And then it was a quote from Tupac. Uh, Tupac once said, quote, just because you lost me as a friend doesn't mean you gained me as an enemy. I'm bigger than that. I still want to see you eat, just not at my table. And I feel that correlates to what a lot of people need to understand is that, you know, 
a lot of people don't wish ill will towards you they just it's hard for them to kind of affiliate with you when they're not on the same path like i'm sure we both alec i'm sure you have friends that you aren't close with anymore but you don't mean ill will towards them you want them to succeed in their own way very deep and i have those same people too like i want anyone who's been a part of my life that i might not communicate with anymore i want them to kind of make sure that they're doing well no matter what just like if i'm doing well just like if the show does well but who knows but uh i know we lost you know connor uh, earlier but i want to thank him and alec i want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show uh really appreciate you guys your insights and making the show as good as it is so i want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show thanks for having me man anytime no problem and guys make sure to check out our oh i found my way back oh he found his way back so like i said connor i want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show my man always a pleasure time thank you i i could uh i could offer you one last tidbit so yeah, so we I, went through our little able mindful moments. I was able so, to hear, yeah. So what, what's your little mindful moment that you, you kind of want to talk about? Definitely, man. First off, I was able to catch the uh, the tail end of yours. I want to say that that quote is the truth, um, as far as that goes. But for me, it actually came this Saturday. I I was watching the Virginia Tech Virginia football game with couple huge diehard hokey fans and and for me i don't have a dog in a fight so it was more so just entertainment but i will say at the end the hokies ended up winning and their coach is the he's an interim coach because their other coach got their head coach got fired and he happened to be a former player and he gave a gave a little speech at the end and it really hit hit home with me even not being a fan uh, the reporter asked him, like, what does this mean to you? How do you feel? And, you know, usually people are just like, I, it's indescribable. I don't I don't know what to say. But he was like, you know, this is my team. This is home, you know, because he, he was a part of that team. So uh, part of that, that program and just that kind of investment, that kind of love for the game, that, that really hit home with me. Uh, and I just wish that for everyone who plays a college sport, that they have that kind of investment in what they do and that kind of love for their teammates and also their program, because it really is something that can go by quickly. And if you don't kind of realize what you're what you're a part of in that moment, you can maybe regret it um, or just not fully fully grasp how special it is. But yeah, that was a that was very enlightening to hear, and it was a pretty cool moment. I thought that's some great that it kind of helped you out and kind of you reflected on it and turned it into how it can be relatable in a yes, way. Sir. And I think that's great to hear. But again, like I told Alec, I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I want to thank you for your insights. I want to thank you for you know just being a part of a process that you know is still growing. Much love, Tom. I love it. Thank you. No problem. And guys, make sure to check out our LinkedIn for all of our things with Dano Seasoning. And if you want to support the channel, leave a donation, however much you want. Anything helps for the show. And we keep growing. We keep doing our best. We'll see it grow much more than that. And remember, don't be a bystander. Be a hooper and keep balling. Peace.